0: The first productive use of Zoom in weeks. <laughs> I get it. What's after
1: breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Um, ah. Let's talk some bullshit for a minute, though. No.
2: Oh, no. No, no. No, I'm just kidding.
0: We have to have bullshit or people yeah. don't know what podcast they're listening to. Oh,
1: I to know. It. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It was a joke. Have y'all watched any Tiger King?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched yeah. the whole thing. And like Trish doesn't like watching anything on television or anything that comes in episodic format. And I got her hooked in five minutes on that shit. It's... Plowed through the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I just saw a thing that was from seven hours ago that the guy that doesn't have any teeth from all the meth,
0: yeah, he got new teeth. Oh, I'm glad. You know, I, I hated feeling like this, but when he was getting his tattoo covered up, I was like, I get it. But wouldn't you get teeth first with that money? I thought the
2: exact same fucking thing. I was like, you're getting this giant tattoo and you have like these little nubs, if anything.
0: Three teeth. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe he wasn't totally done with math at the time. And he was like, well, I'm just going to get teeth and rot them out again. I guess you don't rot out fake teeth, though. I
2: wonder, I mean, I bet none of them get any money from this, though, right?
1: Because it's like a documentary. I don't know know what kind of shit they sign. You know, maybe it was like you get a percentage of XYZ or whatever. Or like right. we're gonna pay you X Y Z to be in this, and they just stopped filming it in like January. Right.
0: Huh. I think they could. It's not like journalism. <laughs> it's not like they, they can't pay them for their time or their consideration. It's like not as ethical, but like you can, I think, get better stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like reality TV pays people.
2: Yeah,
0: that's true. And this, you know, could be somewhere in that zone. I don't know. That whole thing was, I I just did I was like, when I I started it and I watched the first episode, I was like, how are they going to get seven episodes out of this?
2: And you're like, oh, oh, oh no.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's how, every single one of those episodes, I wanted to be a full size 10 episode documentary.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact, like. It seems like the guy that was filming it came in. I mean, he started filming it in 2015. And right. he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go film this crazy guy for a couple of months or whatever. That and guy's then he was like, the worst of them all. Which the one? The filmmaker?
2: The filmmaker, the old man who looks like what's his face for Mandy Carter. Oh, Griffin. not the
0: not the maker of the documentary, but the reality show producer guy? Yes. Oh.
1: Yeah, no, the one who at terrible. the end
2: is like, the real tragic thing is that I had to film all this. And it was like, no, bro. That's he not had a real tragedy.
0: The weirdest voice. It sounded like he had swallowed another man's voice.
1: Yeah, they couldn't quite get all the way there. It was so fucking
0: weird.
1: Yes.
2: I mean, I still, I fucking loved it. I loved it. Westworld is here and I still have no idea what's going on. They're two episodes in
1: and it's just like I haven't even started it. I might watch it tonight.
0: That show lost me. I just I couldn't be bothered to keep up anymore.
2: Yeah. It's It's too
0: confusing.
2: It doesn't make any like some shows are confusing once and like the fun of it is understanding them and this one is just confusing and there's no way you could ever yeah. understand it. And it yeah, makes so it fun. not fun. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, the uh, Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia is on Amazon Prime. If you didn't get your fix with Tiger King, you can always yeah. go back to the classics.
0: I do yeah, love that. That is one. a modern classic in the subgenre of documentaries about. Crazy, crazy people who live in the burnies. drug
2: addicts.
0: Yeah.
2: I love that doc. I also started watching Trailer Park Boys the TV show again because I was like, I need this trash, like mm-hmm. trailer trash. So. Fun. Let's, I
1: have not. I've only I seen mean, like parts of
2: that. It's the first few seasons are good. The rest of it's kind of weird. But um it's funny because all we have to talk about are fucking TV shows because we can't go out, no, goddamn, do anything because of this fucking
1: quarantine. <laughs> That's how I feel. Other I didn't start feeling anxious feeling until like, last night.
0: For what, last were, night? what were you anxious about? Like, what? What? Just tra- like, what was
1: it? I guess, just like the you know. Uh, not being able to, like, see, like, see people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've done, I've done a couple, of, like, FaceTimes and stuff, and I've, you know, been talking to people a lot more, which, like, at first, I was like, oh, this is cool because, you know, it's a unifying thing. We're all in this together. Like, I started talking to some people that I hadn't talked to in a while, or, like, having real conversations with people that I don't normally have real conversations with. Um right. And then for some reason last night i was like what if i never see these people again um, and then you know your brain just starts going and it i barely slept last night
0: that all sounds like the kind of i don't know i had a hard time today because i got i got a raise which was great at work
2: nice
0: um, today yeah yeah I was during like, this i know right. it was very weird i was like you sure you want to okay um but uh, I got that notice. and I was like, yes. All right, let's go celebrate. At home. Uh, by. I guess I'll <laughs> order Kirby Lane. Yep, Smiling more. Yeah, exactly. And it like kind of made me feel blue because like. Birthday's coming up and that's going to definitely be in the quarantine time. I had a whole ski trip planned. It's just like, I don't know. This sounds so whiny and like. People are having much bigger problems than this, but like psychologically, sure. it does wear you down when you can't blow off happiness steam. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want to go out and feel happy about something, and I feel like I can't because the whole world is a funeral right now.
1: Ooh. Damn, that was like intense. some Smashing Pumpkins lyrics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what I was like, gonna be like doing the world is
1: a funeral. <laughs>
0: Billy like Corgan's probably having a good old time. He's probably writing some really good songs right now.
2: He seems like the type of guy who would be like really germophobic to me. Yeah. Um. Is that true? I don't know. Is it because he's just super bald and looks like Howie Mandel and Mr. Clean? I don't know. <laughs> Did we already say welcome to the no. show?
1: No. No.
0: No. Not this time
1: all right well i guess we just won't say it okay Mm -hmm. no one's welcome this is quarantine
2: and welcome to the show this is quarantine (laughs) i'm whitney lamond i'm lisa frederick
0: and i'm karina magyar and i just found out that billy corrigan is a germaphobe Ah, good call
2: called it thank you wow for sure
1: Yeah. I feel like it would be weird if he wasn't.
2: Maybe I did read it somewhere like five years ago and just had it in the back of my brain. No,
0: I think you're right. I think it just just, is a look. Like you can just look at him and you're like, oh, thermophobe.
2: Yeah, definitely. Will not shake hands with you, sir.
0: (laughs) Anybody who sings The World is a Vampire.
2: Yeah, right?
0: Is is afraid of some pervasiveness. (laughs)
2: Um,. I saw Kesha tweeted the gif of her trying to hug Jerry Seinfeld and him, like, rebuffing her and being... Do y'all remember when that happened? No. No? This was, like, years ago at some award show. Kesha went up to Jerry Seinfeld and tried to be like, Oh, my God, hi! And he was like, Oh, no, no. And just, like, told her to get away from him. And so now, years and years later, Kesha posted the gif of it and was like I get it now because of the quarantine oh uh, uh, (sighs) sorry I had to explain that all I thought (laughs) y'all would get it in the first place and you didn't especially Lisa who says she likes Kesha
1: I do like Kesha what
2: the fuck ever man just edit that whole thing out (laughs) why now in Kesha news
1: can we have Kesha yeah. corner every episode?
0: Sure, Kesha's Corner is perfect. That'll be my only. It'll okay. uh, take the place of. Um, why won't Pete Davidson just sit in my lap? Time with Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all oh see God. his stand-up special? No.
1: no. Okay, never mind. Moving on.
0: Have was it, I good?
1: it Was okay.
0: Yeah. It didn't seem like it would be good.
1: Um, if you can get past him saying like and you know. I don't know. And going for a couple of cheap jokes, there's some really good stuff in there. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about somebody who hopefully none of our listeners already know because if you do already know this name, you're probably um, a problematic person. Huh. <gasps> <laughs> oh Not very nice yeah well sorry about it so <laughs> in september of 2019 in parker colorado there is an arrest affidavit that's submitted by the police after a caseworker let them know that cynthia Abcud. god i'm gonna fuck this woman's name up the whole time um, that her daughter had told them that there were, quote, a lot of weapons in the house, and a man who identified himself as a sniper had been sleeping on their couch.
0: What?
1: Who hasn't had a sniper sleep on their couch, though? I mean, come on. Where Throw else do they sleep? <laughs> right. A little girl. Um, so Cynthia Abcut is a 50-year-old mother of four, Uh, At the time, well, I guess now, too, she has two grown sons that are college graduates. So she's got two um, older kids and then two kind of younger kids. Uh, She moved with her two younger children to Colorado to seek medical care for her seven-year-old son. She lost custody of her seven-year-old son um, shortly thereafter. The one who they
2: moved there because he was health problems
1: Hmm. okay why so yeah why uh well our girl cynthia is suspected of doing some munch housing by proxy to that boy oh no MVP. they caught MVP. it <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um so yeah the the state's child welfare workers contacted her uh in january of 2019 and said they had received a call For a possible misrepresentation of the child's illness so some doctor or nurse was like "Mm, this doesn't check out okay um it seems like she lost custody sometime in spring of 2019 um so it was shortly after that january call and then at that point, it maybe has it triggered her into some uh, internet deep dives. Uh, on September 26th, Abkut's daughter comes forward with some shit. Her mom had quote gotten into con- some conspiracy theories and was quote spiraling down it. Cynthia had stopped going to therapy in July uh, or before. This is when she, uh, the daughter narcs on the sniper, uh, as an armed man who's staying at their home. She didn't know anything about him except that his name was Ryan and he was definitely part of this, uh, group that her mom was hanging out with. She said, Ryan flew in one to two weeks earlier. So earlier from September 26th to, uh, to stay with them in Colorado for, quote, self-defense, and that Ryan was armed and escorted them, quote, everywhere they went. Just like yeah. the president. hmm <laughs> hmm She said that her mom had recently acquired a gun, quote, just in case anything happens, and started going to the gun range to practice shooting. The daughter also mentions a plan of a raid, uh, and she's concerned that people will get hurt. And she recognizes that this whole thing, this whole plan is bonkers because they're going to go in and they're going to raid a certain area uh, or home where her, uh, where the son is, the seven-year-old.
0: Oh, so they raid to steal her son back.
1: Yes, because the son is in state custody. Mm-hmm. So their plan is to raid um, that location and kidnap the son. Cool. So, after they talk with the daughter, that daughter immediately gets put in protective custody. Um, and then Cynthia gets the fuck out fast. Um, she misses. So this is again September 26. She misses an emergency custody hearing on the 30th of September and then canceled an interview on October 1st with authorities, and then she just, like, ghosted cops, like, didn't answer calls, didn't do shit. She was uh, planning this raid with the couch sniper to get her son back, and didn't care if others were hurt because they were all, quote, pedophiles and Satan worshippers. Uh-huh. Here we go. Another thing her daughter had mentioned in the, uh, September 26th conversation is that Cynthia would only leave the house to attend meetings with QAnon people. So now there was group- what is a group, QAnon? Uh, it's basically, it's a conspiracy theory. It's almost like a group of people at this point, um, and it's the idea is that the United States is controlled by a powerful organization that's involved in child, select, uh, child sex trafficking, mm. and it's the deep state, and that Donald Trump was elected president to, um, to get rid of it. So it's, he's it's like
0: to hate people, right?
1: Yeah. So he, they think that President Trump was put in place uh, as a like. Operative, fucking genius to take out these pedophiles. Weird.
2: What a weird thing to do.
1: <laughs> is it like um, a
2: subsect of anonymous? Is that why no. the anon is there? Okay, just curious. No.
1: So it started with this uh, thing on. So at some point, Trump was quoted as saying, "Like, um, oh God, what was it? I don't remember." But he's saying some, and he's like, oh, you'll find out kind of a thing. Okay. And then this guy goes on to 4chan, and he goes by just Q. And so that's how it became QAnon. But this guy on 4 chans kind of like, here's what this meant, blah, 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 blah. And then people were like, oh, that makes sense, because da mm-hmm. da 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 And so... The FBI considers QAnon a domestic terror threat and uh President Donald Trump has invited some of them to the fucking White House and he knows goddamn well that they are a threat. From the time Cynthia Son was put into state custody until she like took off um right after her daughter was, she was all up on YouTube on all of these conspiracy shows, and she almost became like a celebrity in the QAnon world. Mm. Um, She was, one place where they were having her, uh, was this channel called the SGT Report. Um, And she had become convinced at that point that the welfare system had taken her child illegally and that they were, the Child Protective Services was a, quote, frontline for funneling in the trafficking of these children. Uh, she was also just given wild-ass stories to uh, top-quality news sites. I mean, you can find these blogs and shit. It is bananas. Um. <laughs> and then on Twitter, an account that's linked to her said, it uh, said, illegal seizure... Um, or it was talking about the illegal seizure of her son and retweeted a meme about a government funded child trafficking operation posted by an account carrying a QAnon slogan WWG one WGA short for where we go one we go all Mm -hmm. who comes up with this shit
0: Um, Uh, that is uh... a it's a thing it's it's not just q on. that's um
1: uh, like a don't tread on me type thing
0: yeah it's a saying or a lyric or something i'll figure it out
1: is it the musketeers <laughs> drunk musketeers the american oh. musketeers yeah. yeah not that french bullshit um A GoFundMe page raising money for her to hire a lawyer in her son's custody case uh, said that he had seizures and neurological disorders. Um, A GoFundMe page raising money for her to hire a lawyer uh, mentions that he had seizures and neurological disorders. It also alleges uh, the CPS accused her of Munchausen to justify the unjustified removal of the children. She also, on one of those news sites, she's, like, um...
2: Are there, like, examples of what the kids were exhibiting to make them think, like, the daughter and stuff?
1: Is there... The daughter just came forward and was, like, here's a list of the batshit stuff my mom's doing. The, the little boy... I mean, it's all been heavily redacted because they're underage. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, um... The girl just came forward, the boy, it was based on caseworkers and, you know, like a doctor or nurse tip off, more than likely. So then on December 30th, 2019, she is arrested in Kalispell, Montana, uh, which is just outside the Glacier National Park, uh, with a felony conspiracy to commit kidnapping. Uh, She was released after posting bond that was set at, I think, 50,000. Um, and then days after being arrested, she tweets, still fighting for my uh, children, need prayers, I am not giving up. The case was set for January 15th, 2020, and it was suppressed, which I don't know what that means. Does that mean no public Um, viewing? You know, I don't know if it, it may be that, but I do know that that hoe is still tweeting. (laughs) like this month she's on the twitter she is at gcr marketing at some point she starts giving reports that the little boy had reported being abused in foster care and the cps was like no you're good like the article that i found that was like the quality news site it's titled update colorado mom says son reported abuse in foster care and cps sent him back for more yikes
0: (laughs) that sounds
1: terrible yeah it's just it's fucking batshit people man yeah and like the whole like if you dive into QAnon and all that shit like it gets really weird where they go to Trump rallies and they all have like Q shirts and they have big like posters and shit that's all QAnon and you know they say you're not allowed into these rallies if you don't have like uh, like a Trump supporter shirt or whatever cool Q shirts well the Q shirts shouldn't technically be allowed but they are such huge like sycophants for trump i can't believe i used that word right i probably did wonderful really um that he's like no it's cool you can let him in yeah so they've got this like weird cult shit Uh it's just fucking trump's gonna save the get the fuck out of here (laughs)
0: Well, the whole thing Q was doing was like you know those people online who have like got a theory that all the Pixar movies take place in the same universe, and then they like parse over every new Pixar movie trying to fit it into that theory.
1: Huh. That's like I've never what seen Q that. does that's does
0: with Trump. It's just like anytime he says anything, he's like, "All right, I'm going to try to make that take that gibberish and turn it into some like." coded language that indicates what the deep state is doing and how we can fight the resistance Right. so it's like basically turning around this big puzzle hey i found yeah i found the origin of where we go one we go all and it yeah. is so so much better than i would have hoped
2: it's the what it, what's the saying if all you have is a hammer everything is a nail
0: yeah yeah
1: or all this right solution. so
0: where We Go When We Go All comes from the 1996 Ridley Scott movie, White Squall.
2: No. <laughs> okay.
0: It's a quote from the captain of, of a boat in that movie played by Jeff Bridges. It I bet also, it's a
2: great movie. Like, I want to watch that now.
0: It also stars Scott Wolf and Ryan Phillippe, if you really want to get late 90s with it. Whoa. Ryan Phillippe, I, yeah. I
2: know. I'm Scott Wolf. Who's that? You do know Scott Wolf?
0: Party of Five.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I I recognize him. He's yeah. like a host now, right?
0: Yeah, he's got hosty looks. You like host stuff.
1: That. Uh, yeah, man. From- The quote from Trump that kind of set it all off was uh, he said, maybe it's the calm before the storm. And then there was nothing. And then a reporter was like, what storm, Mr. President? And he goes, you'll find out.
0: Oh my God.
1: Which is just like, (laughs) there's a whole group of people that are (coughs) worshiping Satan and they're pedophiles. Some people think that they're cannibals and it's all like Hillary Clinton. Ugh.
0: And he just says you'll find out whenever he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. That's his, his way of saying I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yep. All right. So it's time to meet the Overstegen sisters. Ooh. They lived in the, the Netherlands in the 1940s. Which was a bad place in time to be. So uh, growing up, they were just with their mother, uh, because they ran away from their father a, year, a few years before the war started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Overstegen sisters, by the name, by the way, their names were Truce and Freddie.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, it's great, cute. So they used to live on a boat, uh, in Harlem, but the, the Harlem in the Netherlands, um, but like their dad was a deadbeat and didn't pay for anything, so they just ran away from him one night and got off the boat. And he just stood on the bow of the boat and sang a French goodbye song uh, to them. Anyway, oh right man, that,
2: how dramatic! I love it.
0: <laughs> right after that, the Nazis showed up and yeah. took over the country. So they were the the house that they were living in after they left. Their dad had uh, a Jewish couple living with them. So they kind of had a lot of like the news coming in through the, you know, network of, of, uh, you know, Jewish newspapers and information going through the community. Like they kind of knew what was up with the Nazis. So they weren't fooled one bit when the Nazis showed up. So the minute the Nazis showed up, the Overstegen sisters and their mom would go around town distributing anti-Nazi literature and pro-communist literature everywhere. That's uh, We're weird
2: situation
0: (laughs) yeah i mean they were basically like oh fuck fuck these guys fuck Uh, nazis
2: but go communism yeah yeah Yeah.
0: that's just two ways to say fuck nazis i think (laughs) (laughs) so uh the resistance the dutch resistance uh pretty quickly came around and said hey do you want to join us and they were like well yeah i i thought we already had and they're like, no, you really want to join us. And what Freddie remembers was a man wearing a hat, came to the door and asked their mother if they could ask the kids, specifically the girls, to join the resistance. And she was like, yeah, sure, totally. All she ever said was do whatever they ask you to. Just uh, make sure you always stay human. And they're like, okay, cool. well,
1: uh,
0: how old were they? 16 and 14. So they joined the resistance and uh, they were kind of excited about it because they like really hated the Nazis and they had seen the Nazis like shooting innocent people against a wall and doing all sorts of horrible Nazi shit. So they're like, yeah, we we hate these guys. And also they were really upset that their Jewish friends had been taken away at that point. So I I feel
1: like I know, I think I know this story. Okay. Keep going. I'll stop.
0: Um, so they thought they were, uh, you know, going to just join a secret army or whatever, and that they'd get some military training. And they did, uh, they did teach them how to shoot and they learned how to march in the woods. Uh, there were like seven young teenage girls who were like in a little, I don't know, unit of the resistance. So the benefit, the reason the resistance was recruiting them is that the authorities did not pay attention to little girls. And Freddie in particular, who was 14, looked pretty youthful. So she'd like just to put her hair up in pigtails. She looked like just a really little girl. So
2: I know this story too.
0: Yeah, they'd run around, they'd steal identity papers. They would uh, kind of help get sneak people into hiding places and stuff like that. Uh, but then as the war heated up, their tasks heated up. And uh, pretty soon their job was flirting with guards to tr- sort of like pull them away from their guard posts so that resistance members could sneak in and set fires and stuff. And then that evolved a little bit more in 1943. Those two, the Oversegen sisters were joined by Hanny Shaft, who's probably who you've heard of. She became the most famous Dutch resistance member in all of World War II. Uh, flaming redhead, 19 years old, really beautiful, and really hating Nazis. Um, she had been studying international law at the University of Amsterdam, uh, but they kicked her out of the university because she refused to sign a declaration of allegiance to the Nazis, which was a requirement to stay as a student. Um, so she immediately joined the resistance and, and got onto the same squad as Truce and Freddy. And what the three of them did was that Hanny would flirt with a guard and ask him if he wanted to go in the woods to take a walk, mm-hmm. and then the guard would be like, "Oh," <laughs> and like follow them into the woods, and then Freddy would like uh, distract them, like ride up on a bicycle, and then say, "Oh, go back, go back, uh, your bosses are coming. Uh, they're going to know you left your post." Then the soldier would turn around. And go shit! I gotta go back. Uh, and then Truce would pop out from behind a tree and, and shoot the motherfucker. Me. Nee. Yeah.
1: With a gun or with a gun. With a mean gun Look.
0: In the head. Uh, also, the other thing they would do is that Truce would walk into restaurants and act a little bit drunk. And then, like when the guard was like, "Hey, let me take walk you home," wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, he wanted to probably do more than that. Uh, Gross. Same thing. Basically luring these soldiers to getting shot in alleyways and around corners and all sorts of stuff. And they did the luring and the shooting. So they're like a little kill squad.
1: Kill squad. Engage.
0: Yep. It's
1: like the Powerpuff Girls.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One time True said she was watching as a Dutch SS soldier grabbed a baby from a, a Jewish child's family and threw it against the wall while the father and sister had to watch. They were feeling hysterical. Theresa just happened to be walking by when she saw that. Uh, she noticed that the the child was dead, so she just pulled her gun out and shot him, just right there on the street. Wasn't an assignment. Just fucking started executing Nazis. Shit. And they Never saw what was coming, because it was just these little teenage girls.
1: That fucking rules.
0: Uh, later on in the war, they'd ride around on their bike. Truce would sit in the front and Freddie would sit in the back with her gun kind of hidden. And they'd pass a soldier. And if nobody was around, uh, Freddie would just turn around and shoot the soldier. Mm. Ooh. And then Truce would pedal as fast (laughs) as she could until they were out of the way. And they would just start pedaling normally again. it was just a couple young girls out for a bike ride. Casual. Uh, they'd also went, uh... They went to the homes of known SS soldiers, knocked on their door, and then when the soldier opened the door and said, what would you girls like, Uh, they would shoot them. So they were really just brazenly walking around murdering Nazis for the majority of the war. Uh, One time, the resistance asked them to kidnap some children, but they refused to do that. They were like, resistance fighters don't fuck with kids. Like, we'll kill Nazis all day long, but we're not going to, like, screw with kids. so I guess they stayed human like they, their mom wanted them to after all. So Hanny, because she was a little bit older and had this like flaming red hair, she became noticed uh, a little bit more and she was marked and even Hitler himself ordered that she be captured. So she started dyeing her hair black and she changed her name. Um, unfortunately, black hair dye was really hard to get a hold of. And so her roots would grow out and then they would see that she was a redhead. Anyway, she got picked up at the very end, March 21st, 1945, uh, under suspicion of being Hanny, and then they caught her with communist newspapers, and they're like, oh, it's you, it's Hanny. At that point, she was 24. They slated her for immediate execution, and then was carried out April 17th, 1945, which is exactly 18 days before the Nazis were defeated. Hmm yeah so she almost made it
1: just uh so close
0: yeah there's been a lot written about her and everything her accomplices though the younger ones the oversteegans uh they survived um uh-huh. oh wait wait i forgot the hanny part the best part of hanny so the execution two soldiers were supposed to shoot her execution style uh but they both kind of missed and just shot her in the leg and she fell down to the ground and yelled out you idiots i shoot better So then they shot her a lot more. Um, But anyway, I thought that was a cool move. The uh, sisters, Truce and Freddie, uh, after the war, um, Truce became an artist and Freddie got married and started a big family. They never spoke of any of their resistance uh, stuff unless really pressed or um, forced to. Um, You don't ask, they would say things like, you don't ask soldiers how many people they killed, you know? Um, Never
2: kiss and tell.
0: Right. They lived to be 92 years old. Uh, Damn. Truce died June of 2016, and Freddie died in September of 2018, the day before her 93rd birthday. Dang. So that is the Close story old ladies. Of the Oversteegans.
2: Well, mine are about two brothers. Perfect. Yay. Hold on. Let me pull up my stories. Um, so this is about the Collier brothers. Um, and if you're a person who is very familiar, I guess, with New York, uh, that's where their story begins. Um, <laughs> The Collier brothers were born to a doctor who had married his first cousin um, who was an opera singer. They, their family dates back basically, well, they date back to the Fortune, which was the ship that came a year after the Mayflower. They're very proud of that. Okay. Um. So almost the Mayflower. At um in 1885 or 1880 herman and susie their parents have a first daughter she dies unfortunately at four months old but the following year in 1881 on november 6th they give birth to homer and then in 1885 so a good time later four years later Uh, their second son Langley is born. So Homer and Langley, they're good buddies. Um, at age 14, um, Homer is accepted into college, college of the city of New York as a sub freshman. And he earned his bachelor degree four years, six years later. Um, Homer and Langley both go to Columbia. They're both smart um, Homer ends up, well, hold on, let me see who is, who is which one of them is a piano salesman and the other one is a lawyer. Um, so a little later, probably into their twenties, um, Homer's parents, Homer and Langley's parents get divorced. Their mom stays in the house that they grew up in, which is a four-story brownstone in Harlem uh, on Fifth Avenue. Um, They decide that they're going to stay with their mom there. Their dad moves into another spot on 77th Street. In 1923, their dad dies, and he leaves them everything, uh, including, like, medical equipment everything everything um their mom dies in 1929 and they have all this fucking stuff all in their brownstone in harlem so for a few years everything's fine um homer and langley are living together they have this fucking cool brownstone in harlem uh granted it wasn't like like it is now specifically, but, um, yeah, they're having a good time. They go out, four years passes by, and then, fuck, in 1933, Homer loses his eyesight because he gets hemorrhages in the back of his eyes. And Langley's Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, like, I have to take care of you. There's nobody else. Um, So he quits his job, and they're both living in this – Harlem Brownstone so obviously because um Homer is taking or Langley is taking care of Homer they're kind of becoming reclusive um in New York the Great Depression hits and because of the depression the neighborhood that used that they lived in that used to be kind of up and coming ends up be- becoming kind of run down and so they're getting more and more sequestered and secluded in their brownstone. They also don't really like going outside because, oh no, there's more African Americans moving into their <laughs> neighborhood and they make them uncomfortable and it's like, calm down, y'all. Um, so they keep hoarding things. Langley and Homer aren't bringing in any money. Yes, they do have this property and a couple others, but they're not actually making any income. So they stop paying their income tax because they're not making any income. And, um,
0: sounds reasonable.
2: Yeah. The government comes and is like, Hey, guess what bitches you haven't been paying any income taxes. We're going to take this property that you own. That's across the street as fuck you and they're like well that sucks but there's nothing we can do about it they also don't pay any of their bills so there's no eventually their lights their phone their heat like their gas all of it gets turned off um so they start they're like fine whatever we're not gonna turn it back on They start going, or, well, Langley starts going to different, like, ponds and stuff, and that's where they're getting their water, and they have some kerosene lamps, and that's where their heat comes from when it's super cold. Um, People in the neighborhood also, by this point, had started um, just making up rumors about them, and uh because why not like it, there's these two old dudes that live in this whole big house by themselves there's got to be money up there right like they're also these huge hoarders and um so people start trying to break in and they're like okay well fuck this so they board up their windows and so it's this hoarding and closed offness is just getting worse and worse um at some point later, um, Homer's Homer gets. Where is it? Oh, he becomes paralyzed.
1: Whoa! Uh, God. Is he the same he had, one that
2: had his eyes? Fucking? Yeah. So his eyes are fucked up. He becomes what paralyzed due to inflammatory rheumatism. Um, and Homer and Langley both decide that fuck that. They're not going to go to a doctor because if they go to a doctor, they're just going to fuck up Homer. Um, so they have all their dad's medical, like over 15,000 medical books and they grew up in like a doctor household. So that basically makes you a doctor, right? They Mm -hmm. decide, fuck it. We're not going to the doctor. We can take care of it ourselves.
1: I mean, if you um, can read, you can kind of do anything.
2: See, I wonder about that.
1: That's what LeVar I, Burton told me.
2: I think practice makes perfect, though. And if you're not practicing... Um, so by the 1930s, the brownstone is falling into disrepair. Like I said, uh, 37 and 38 is when all the electricity, gas, all that shit gets shut down. Um, in 1942, somebody interviews him, or uh, talks to Langley, and he's described as a soft-spoken old gentleman with a liking for privacy.
1: Ooh. He had a
2: low, polite, and cultivated voice. So they're I
1: don't, not I don't like that.
2: stupid. Um, they. I'm sorry. Ba, ba, ba. They start to get some attention in 1938 because a real estate agent had offered them $125,000 in 1938, which is like billion dollars um, to buy their house. And they're like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And so that's... No just, our things. Yeah, that just, that like, encounter appears in the New York Times, and then the Times picks it up also, so there's even more rumors about this, basically, like, they have to be hoarding some type of something in there, and it's like, nah, bitch, they're just straight-up hoarders. Um, they, there was once a tiny fire that erupted in the actual apartment, and Langley was like, no, you can't come in. We'll just handle this fire ourselves.
1: And they did. What? Yep. Um, also, if there's that much shit, how is it just a tiny fire? I don't
2: know. It must have been a fire big enough for people to notice. You know? Um, so, in 1942, they're about to get... Evicted from their place. Um, they
1: send. Was over, it rent controlled?
2: I guess not. Um. There's like. Sorry, I'm reading.
1: Da-da-da. It's okay if you can read. You're a doctor.
2: That's true. Huh. And I am a doctor. Um, so they're getting evicted, the police come to force their way into the home, they smash down the front door, and they're like, oh my god, there's literally trash everywhere and shit everywhere from the floor to the ceiling, um... They found Langley in a clearing he had made in the middle of the debris. <laughs> Langley gives him a check for sixty seven hundred dollars that pays off the mortgage in full in one single payment. And then he's like, All right, y'all get the fuck out. We're not getting evicted now. Um, which is like, if you could have done that from the first place, why didn't you just fucking do it?
0: Right.
2: Um In 1947, an anonymous tipster uh, called the police and insisted that there was a dead body in the house. The caller claimed that they could smell decomposition emanating from it, and um, they dispatched an officer. They had a difficult time getting into the house again, There was no doorbell, no telephone. The doors were locked. The basement windows were broken, but they still had an iron grill work in them. Uh, Seven guys had to be called in and just started pulling out all of the piles and piles of shit from the house and throwing it to the street below. Um,
0: That doesn't seem wise.
2: No, it was... Filled with old newspapers, folding beds, chairs, sewing machines, boxes, parts of a wine press, all this shit. Um, they broke into different parts, different levels through the windows outside and started throwing stuff just like hanging there outside of the window, pulling shit out. After five hours of fucking digging through this house, they find Homer Collier's body. (laughs) It was in this little cave he had made, surrounded by boxes and newspapers that were piled to the ceiling. His clothes were tattered, it was a tattered blue and white bathrobe. He had gray matted hair that went all the way to his shoulders and his head was resting on his knees.
1: A medical examiner. That's like how dogs go under a porch.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. God
1: damn.
2: A medical examiner confirmed Homer's identity and he had decided that, or and determined that Homer had been dead for approximately 10 hours, which. I don't think a body would start to stink at 10 hours, right? Well, I mean,
0: how would they even, the house must have stank.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh, The medical examiner confirms that Homer had died of starvation and and heart disease. Um, The police Mm -hmm. think that Langley was the anonymous phone caller who reported his brother's death and theorized that he fled the house before police arrived it was discovered later that a neighbor had called the police based on a rumor he had heard. Um, a police officer ended up being stationed outside of the home, but Langley never arrives back. Um, people, the police start to think that he's dead because he never showed up for Homer's funeral. Um,
0: Oh, he's in that house.
2: After the discovery of Homer's body, people are saying that Langley had been seen on a bus in Atlantic City. A manhunt starts up in New Jersey Shore. And um, (laughs) people, there's sightings of Langley in nine different states. They keep searching the house, removing 3,000 books, a horse's jawbone, a Steinway piano, an x-ray <laughs> machine, and more and more bundles of newspapers. More than 19 tons of junk were removed from the ground floor alone of the brownstone. Um, people, the police,
1: tons?
2: yeah, 19 tons of junk were removed from just the ground it's floor.
1: like 70,000 pounds. I don't know, man. I'm
2: bad at math. It's like uh,
0: 19 cars. Okay. How many? 19 cars. Not like how much you could fit in a car, but like a car.
2: Dang. Um. Police continue to clear away the stockpile for another week and removed another 84 trash, 84 tons of trash from the house. Um. Yeah. While all of this is happening. Over 2,000 people stood outside of the home to watch the fucking cleanup. Then, yeah, yeah I'd watch it. I'd go fucking watch that shit <laughs> right now. Um, on April 8th, 1947, a workman finds the body of Langley Collier 10 feet from where Homer died. Knew it. Yep. Langley was found in a two foot wide tunnel. That he had made through their junk. By the way, they made tunnels through it to get around. And booby-trapped that shit. Um,
0: Booby-trapped it? Yeah,
2: they booby-trapped it because of the people that they thought were gonna rob them. They were like, we'll set up fucking booby traps inside of
1: our junk pot. That's some CJ shit. Yep.
2: (laughs) Langley was found in a two-foot wide tunnel lined with rusty bed springs and a chest of drawers. His decomposing body, which was the actual source of that initial smell reported by the anonymous tipster, had Mm. been partially eaten by rats. He was covered with a suitcase, bundles of newspapers, and three metal bed boxes. The medical examiner determined that Langley had died in March, so around March 9th, They found his body on April 8th. So an entire quarantine later. (laughs) Um,
1: Maybe only half a quarantine. We don't know yet, baby. That's true.
2: That's true. Police theorized that Langley was crawling through the tunnel to take food to Homer when he inadvertently tripped a booby trap he had created and was crushed by debris. His cause of death was attributed to asphyxiation. Both brothers were buried next to their parents in unmarked graves at Cypress Hill Cemetery in Brooklyn. And now there is a park that is on top of where their house used to be. But overall, 120 tons of debris and junk were taken out of the brownstone Um, baby carriages, dog carriages, bicycles, food, a collection of guns, chandeliers, bowling balls, like a horse-drawn carriage, the folding top of one.
1: There's just so much shit. (laughs) Um, Wait, do we think that Homer was trying to die Next to Langley, but couldn't find him, so buried Mm -hmm. to as close as he could. I mean,
2: I assume Homer would, yeah, I don't know.
0: Wasn't Homer like all he'd smell it? Yes, maybe his eye balls broke in his leg like his body doesn't seem too good at doing things
1: yeah how the fuck did he outlive the other one i know right his (laughs)
0: eyeballs
2: broke yeah those brothers they look like the two old men in the muppet show (laughs) who sing the song so it's like
0: a less happy gray gardens
2: I mean, is Great Gardens that happy? No. No, it's not, but it's even worse. Okay, yeah, yeah, Yeah,
1: then. (laughs) Um, Have y'all ever seen a hoarder's house, inside or outside?
0: Yes, no, yes, yes.
1: My dad's a ride at the end
2: got, it was really kind of, it wasn't hoardery, but it was just trash and grossness everywhere.
0: I saw like one that a, wasn't trash and gross, but it was it was a mansion in Carson City, Nevada. And we went there to clean it out because of a divorce. And she got sent packing. And this was basically the ex-wife's house. And uh, it was clean as a whistle, but there was so much storage space. And the minute you opened any of the storage space, it was insane. Like, my job was... Cleaning out the master bathroom, and so it's one of those giant master bathroom, his and hers sinks, and like all the doors and stuff that you always have in a bathroom. Open up those doors underneath the sinks and the drawers, and they're chock full of free Clinique gifts. Hmm. Just that kind of like soap green box, as far as all the free Clinique gifts that you get whenever you buy a Clinique, it's just packed wall to wall. And then behind me, they were clearing out her closet, and it was just. Clothes with tags on them, like piled to the ceiling. And that it was sounds
2: like, like a dream. Did you what did you do with all the stuff?
0: I think we donated it all. These were really rich people, they didn't care. I think we donated most of it, um, uh, wow. to like Goodwill or whatever. But yeah, I we got a lot of Clinique out of it. We got to keep all the Clinique we could handle. Hell yeah, yeah, that
2: rules Clinique happy. It's a classic scent, you know.
0: People so that's know, why I was like. Yes, I've seen a hoarder, but no, it wasn't like these stories. It was more like, uh, "Hey, I get to loot this person's house." Yeah, same. The only
1: uh, um, well, we have, we I don't know. Like I've driven by a couple of houses lately, with where I'm like, there's one," but the only but- reason I know is because when I lived in Montrose, there you know, Montrose in Houston is full of like. Eccentrics and like artists, whatever, with her
2: first husband.
1: How have I never talked to your mom about that? Oh,
2: mom was there back when all of her gay friends and her moved into Montrose to like make it a thing. That's what she says.
0: Uh Oh,
1: I can't wait to hang out with your mom again. Montrose in the 80s, bro. Yeah, I mean, Montrose in like the late to the early teens was very cool too it sucks now because it's all been richified but i was getting um a tattoo at this place and then like right next door was this like two-story really nice old like classic um house, you know like a skinny house mm-hmm. um And she was like, yeah, that guy's a hoarder. And I looked up and every window, it was just like papers and books and like things you could see everything stacked against the windows. Like it was about to just explode out of the house. Mm. And I was like, oh God. And ever since then, it was like. Too claustrophobic. I couldn't do it. Yeah.
0: So always check the windows is what you're saying. That's the sure Mm -hmm. sign.
1: 100%. <laughs> Once it's covering the windows, you're you're in too deep. <laughs> for real. Wink. <laughs> Wink.
2: Well, thanks for having the quarantine story time.
1: Yay. Yeah.
2: Yay. I'm going to like, I don't know. I feel like I've lost most sense of time, so I stay up late sometimes now. I used to be like a definite 10 p.m go to bed i would just Mm. instantly fall asleep and now i don't
0: i'm all over the map i've been up till 3 a.m some nights and like right now i think i'm gonna go straight to bed like i'm
1: right like (laughs) i might be doing that too yeah i have no sense of any kind of um anything (laughs) space time Yeah, I don't know where. I I think it was like the month last Monday. I asked CJ what day it was, which was like day one of official everybody's working from home and shit. He's like, it's Monday.
0: (laughs) He's like, everything was normal, and then the day it stops being normal. You're like, what day is it? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I love it. Cool. Well,
0: we'll
2: see y'all later. Yeah, later. Follow us at Weird Brunch. Bye. Bye. Bye.